Packers will bring five. Peters throwing, floating it up for Navarro, and Navarro makes a spectacular catch. A zigzag for Navarro inside the 15 to the 13-yard line. What a grab by Donnie Navarro. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. It doesn't feel real. We're two days away from some actual football. A few games that we'll be watching and betting coming up on Saturday. College football week zero will be here. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio here on the BetQL Network. Thanks for checking out BetQL Daily. Joe G, with uh, the proliferation of uh, legalized sports betting throughout this country, you see a lot of trash on Twitter, a lot of sports betting information that's uh, it's a bunch of garbage. Just people throwing out these ideas to people that don't know any better that are just dead wrong. That's not what you get with Alex Kolodege. Uh Congrats to Alex on his move over to the Action Network. Have been uh, reading his work for a long, long period of time, and he's terrific on college football. Let's bring Alex onto the show uh, right now here on BetQL Daily. How you doing, Alex? We're almost there, man. <laughs> you guys are too kind. Thanks so much for having me. No, I appreciate, appreciate you coming on. I didn't even realize uh, that uh, we were – kind of in the same area that you were from Illinois and you went to Eastern Illinois. Uh, we were talking about some of the NFL broadcast teams earlier on in the show. So, so do you kind of have to love Tony Romo then since you went to EIU? Yeah. You know, I get lumped in with the EIU alum a lot um, with Peyton and Jimmy G and Tony Romo. I was only there for three years. So I don't have a lot of ties, but um, when you're from like a niche school like that, you kind of get lumped in like that. So I'm a, I'm a Panther. <laughs> <laughs> no no doubt I, I made plenty of trips uh right out of high school friends stay in there had uh, some good weekends over in eastern illinois so um uh, let's talk about week zero before we get to some of your, your thoughts on the futures and and the college football season overall is, is there a game of the five or or seven maybe we'll be able to bet on that you're targeting this weekend week zero for me is a huge tease i don't really um, get as excited as I would for a full slate. Um, I'm kind of just taking it day by day here, but I did I did take one position early. I, I laid it with UTEP. Um, I know I know a lot of smart money. I took it at seven and a half. Um, I took more of a dead number at nine, um, but it was a number that I felt comfortable taking. Um, I know Dana Demel has had a tough time at UTEP. He two and twenty two his first two years, but. Uh, the Miners kind of broke through last year. Three wins out of uh, out of eight tries. They had a couple close losses by uh, by four points or fewer. Um, two two losses by six combined points. So the team's competitive. I laid it with UTEP over uh, over New Mexico State, the team that went one and one over the spring with a twenty six point loss to Tarleton State. So um, I know Penny's still hanging seven and a half, but I, I grabbed nine, and I, I think most of the market right now is flashing ten, ten and a half. So I didn't mind taking the stale nine. Um, but right now, that's the only play that I have on the board right now, Joe. Alex, if you had to lean, the first game of the weekend is the first college football game of the year, so I'll have it on my TV. Nebraska, Illinois. Nebraska, six and a half point road favorites at Illinois. Illinois went to Nebraska last year and won, even though they were a double digit underdog. Maybe some issues up front. I saw the left tackle was on the injury report for Nebraska. If you had to lean one way or the other one in that one, Nebraska-Illinois, the first college football game of the season. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to make a play in this game. And, and just talking with friends and with this being one of the bigger games and me being from the Midwest, I, lo- I love the Big Ten. I love betting the Big Ten. I really wanted to have a play on this, but the numbers do look fair. Um, if I had to lean anyway, I would play the under. Um, I'm a lot lower than market, I think, on Nebraska's offense this year after – 
losing a couple pieces on the outside with Wandell Robinson and no longer having guys like J.D. Spielman who went to TCU. And Adrian Martinez is a really good quarterback. He he opened 6-1 to to win the Heisman a couple years ago. Um, you know, doesn't have a, a, a prayer this year, but I think the offense just looks a whole lot different when you're asking him to do a whole lot rather than relying on a little bit of the supporting cast. I know Illinois brings back a lot of production, too. They're one of the top, I think, 20 teams with the returning skill position usage in the entire country. So, um, But it's still Illinois, and, and I question if the offense can score enough points or be uh, frenetic enough um, under Brett Bielema. Um, so if I had to lean anyway, I'd take the under at 55 right now. This is Joe Owen, Joe G on BetQL Daily. Our guest is Alex Kolodege of the Action Network. Alex, love this piece. I believe this is uh, your first piece uh, since going to the Action Network. Uh, college football teams to bet or fade in 2021. Uh, terrific work here. And uh, let's start at the top. It's a team that's getting a lot of love for the national championship. It's not Bama. It's not Clemson. But they're also uh, in that elite group, those uh, top four or five teams in the country. Uh, tell us why you love Oklahoma this season. I love Oklahoma. Offensively, you know what you're going to get. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, Lincoln Riley had those quarterbacks. But I think when you look at those teams top to bottom, they aren't as good as this current team, and it's it's largely due to the transfer portal and the defense. You look at Oklahoma, they're number one in TARP, which was created by our own Colin Wilson over at the Action Network, which takes into account transfer assets and returning production. So, when the transfer portal is going bonkers, you obviously have to quantify for how a player quantifies his talent at a certain program. And when you look at Oklahoma, nobody's better in the nation. They're number one in TARP. The roster's loaded. Usually, you need the offense to score 40 points, but last year they finished top 10 in Havoc rate, and they were top 13 in both success rate against the pass and the rush. So the roster was already really good. They brought in the number two wide receiver in terms of EPA per play in the transfer portal. That's Mike Woods from Arkansas. And they also got Key Lawrence from Tennessee, who should add some depth in the secondary after they lost um, Brendan Radley-Hiles and then a couple other players too. So really I look at this team, and I know if you if you just look at Oklahoma on paper, you don't typically think that this team is going to have a defense. But after last season, I think Alex Grinch, this is his best shot, and with with Clemson and Alabama having to replace really, really strong offensive units, um, I think Oklahoma is a, a very fair play right now. I got them at plus 775. I know there were some 800s out there earlier, but I was content taking that number, and I, I really like the price still. Alex, I, I couldn't help but scroll down on this article that Joe brought up that you're, you're referencing here in Oklahoma and find Alabama in the fade category <laughs> tell us why i know we look we know they lost a lot especially skilled players offense over the last two years an incredible amount of first round picks leaving alabama to the nfl but w- what is the level of fade here what's the level of uh, i guess worry is that even the word but just thoughts on alabama how they replace all those great players that now are in the nfl yeah and really i i don't i'm not worried about nick saban um, getting back to where he was. Obviously, the market's still high on Alabama. They're plus 250 to win the whole thing, for crying out loud. But it just it really struck me. Alabama has to do this on a yearly basis, just sending guys to the draft and, and whatnot. But when you look at this team, to be last in the country in returning skilled position usage, I just think with an offense that was generational the last two years, with Tua... Judy, Ruggs, Najee, Jalen, Devontae Smith. I mean, 
you're talking mm-hmm. about one of maybe the greatest college football skill corps of all time. And you're playing, you're still playing in the SEC and you're still laying, you know, three, four touchdowns to, to middle of the road SEC team. So I'm just curious if the market's going to be as high on Alabama in conference play and still going to be hanging huge numbers. Cause if that's the case, then I think you're going to get some premium plays on the, uh, on the other side this year. Uh, Alex got to ask you about the Irish here. I, I think you're on it. Every better I talk to, they're playing the under eight and a half. If, uh, if they have an opinion on Notre Dame, uh, just too much change here. And, uh, they're going to be missing their old quarterback, even though he was there for about 10 years when they see what uh, Jack Cohen has, won't they? So Ian Book, uh, I think when you look at this from the last couple of years, he added an element that Notre Dame hadn't had in a while. And when you bring Jack Conan, watching him a lot at Wisconsin, you're kind of reverting back to the same offense. I don't see a lot of upside. Last year, the skill position was the biggest thing for me in, in, in why Notre Dame had so much success, hitting big plays and playing with, with tempo at times. I don't think you're going to see that this year. They lost their leading receiver with yards. They lost uh, Ben Skoranek, who led the t- team in touchdowns. Um, Jack Cohn, I make a pretty decent downgrade from Ian Book. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think the team has it this year. 11-1 last year going into the playoffs. Um, scoring margin was on par. But, yeah, I think with the roster turnover and the amount of skill that, that a team that doesn't necessarily throw up a lot of points on a yearly basis, I think they're going to they're gonna come crashing hard down to earth this year. Alex, Miami was another team you wrote about. They're a fascinating team. There's some hype for them. People think they could be good. ACC, obviously, is Clemson, then North Carolina, and then there's Miami kind of in that mix trying to figure out what they are. The quarterback coming off injury. They open against Alabama, so we're all going to be watching them from the jump. Your thoughts on Miami and just how good this team could be this year. It's always a team that when they're good, we have a lot of eyes on them. I wrote about Miami probably more than any other team this offseason just because a blue blood program who really needed an uptick in performance finally got it last year. And I think with Rhett Lashley and De'Eric King, that was just a perfect match. They, they went with a faster tempo. They ran more than seven plays per game from 2019 to 2020. And in turn, they saw an improvement from about 12 points per game from those seasons. So offensively, I think when you look at the ACC, this is a very offensive laden conference. You got Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, NC State, Wake. I mean, these teams are going to score a lot of points. Miami, Miami in the past couple of years, if you needed them to score 30 points, you were screwed. But with Rhett Lashley and Deer King now entering what seems like his 100th season, um, <laughs> this team is going to put pressure on a lot of ACC defenses. And I think if you're looking for a long shot, Miami's a good pick in the ACC. Mm. Okay, yeah, it, it's interesting because it seems like most people that are interested in the ACC at all, they're taking a stand. Is it going to be Miami or is it going to be uh, Howell and North Carolina? What, what about some other conferences? Any other conference futures that you like? Yeah, so let's go to the mid-majors a little bit. I, I admittedly hadn't hit a lot of win totals this summer just due to the transfer portal being so volatile and limits being a little lower decided to wait uh, until one of my friends hit me up and we were talking about SMU and sure enough I had to go dive into the depth chart and once I did I just couldn't get enough of it and this was the first play that I made 
I don't think that there are a lot of gimmies on the board, but this was just an absolute layup for me to get a team that's 17 and six the last two years. Obviously, they lost Shane Buchel from Texas uh, the last two years. He had led the country in total yards for play, ranking top 10, but you get Tanner Mordecai from Oklahoma. The receiving corpse is absolutely stacked. They get Grant Calcaterra from Oklahoma. Reggie Roberson is 11 and 0, or excuse me, SMU is 11 and 0 in games that Reggie Roberson plays. Should be a day two or day three wide receiver. Um, the defense got the uh, leading tackler from Oregon, Isaac Slade Matatia. Um, Jim Levitt comes over as the defensive coordinator. So this is a team that Cincinnati's the cog still, and Central Florida is going to get a lot of tickets probably in the AAC just because of their logo. But if you need a, a, a deep sleeper in the mid-majors, SMU is a team that I absolutely love this year. Alex, if we had to move off of Spencer Rattler, if you weren't going to take the favorite, even the top one, two, three favorites, give me, give us a name. Heisman Trophy that you're looking at based on the odds, what you think might happen this year, where the player, the, the kind of situation they're in. Give us a name in the Heisman Trophy race that maybe we're not talking about now, but we will be in October, November, December. You know what? I just wrote about him yesterday. I don't think it's, <laughs> again, this is a long shot. This is the total um, epitome of a flyer. But I, one player that is going to make the Heisman flyer very fun this year is Max Dugan from TCU. And when, you want, when you're looking for Heisman value down at the bottom of the barrel, what you want is you want somebody to pile up stats in a heartbeat. And that's exactly what you're going to get with Dugan. He had 11 big play runs last year which was three times as many as the next returning Big 12 quarterback. So dual-threat quarterback, he gets everybody back from their receiving corps. Last year, TCU was building in a new offensive line, dealt with a myriad of injuries. Gary Patterson was really, really bad from, I want to say, 2015 to 2019. It was 18-36 against the spread. Last year went 7-3. and three. I think TCU is a team to watch out for. And if they make any noise, Max Dugan's going to be at the center of it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I've had enough of Howell and Corral. Let's go down the board. Let's let's get a triple-digit number out there. Alex Kolodige from the Action Network. Uh, make, make sure you are following him on Twitter as well. Alex, what's uh, your Twitter handle? That would be AJ and then my last name, which is K-O-L-O-D-Z-I-E-J. I pronounce it correctly, right? You did. Great job, man. <laughs> See? Growing up in Chicago area, a lot of Polish people. So uh, I, I've heard that name before. I feel like I went to school with a couple of Kolodijs. Uh Alex, appreciate your time and looking forward to uh, checking in during the season. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Have a good weekend. Good stuff there from Alex. I like it. When I get new names uh, in the Heisman that I need to debate, you saw 100, Joji? Yeah, 100 to 1. Hundred to one on Max Max Dugan. <laughs> I just I just uh, looked up. I was quickly looking up an article on him. You yeah. see him in the TCU TCU uniform. I get fla- I get flashbacks to Andy Dalton, the last uh, NFL quarterback that was at well, TCU. Well, that that's a bet. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, this is BetQL Daily. Up next, we have our lightning bets for this Thursday. Only two weeks to go until the NFL season starts. Two days to go until the college football season starts. Can't wait. A lot going on. Uh, so keep it locked here on BetQL Daily. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. By the Joes. For the Joes. Let Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio help you beat the sportsbooks on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 19 noon Eastern on the BetQL Network.